Monday. Hope you're having a great one. We're going to try to make it better for you tonight. Tonight we welcome independent musician Hannah Cut. Now she has given her life to being sober uh, and she talks about it in her music as well as the demons that followed her into sobriety. Uh, she struggles with mental health illness but she definitely is making moves in music and towards getting her life on track and so she joins us to tell her story. Then Dr. Gabriel uh, Gabrielle uh, Sapendia, she joins us to talk about dental hygiene and diversity within the dental field. Definitely important conversation, I can tell you from example. And then Hot Tops break down everything everyone's talking about. Uh, so much to talk about. <laughs> this war, it is so sad what's going on in Ukraine, with Russia, but a lot of companies are pulling out their services for, Russian, for the Russians, they can't use them any longer. Find out who uh, recently joined the list of companies. And then uh, Olympian, Olympic champion and WNBA star Brittany Griner, she is locked up. She's in jail in Russia uh, for uh, drug smuggling charges. She could face up to 10 years. Then Biden is encouraging everyone to stop working from home and get back in the office. Uh, but find out why a company is suing McDonald's for $900 million over their ice cream machines. <laughs> All that much more. We're my all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, our official website is StephenKnightShow.com. If you'd rather watch us, go to our YouTube channel, The Stephen Knight Show. When we come back, the question of the day and hot topics. Right back after this. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, oh. I Trouble she causing the way that she rocking and shaking her too much. On in a fatu matter, put it on me like she fuck a cat All the men is scatter. Now I'll be near a way in a track light. When you tie your lap and you wear your skin test. When you rocking your too much. Bang I want marry you. I won't take you. Anything you want, I give it to you. Take my knee, my money, my car, my clothes, my everything. 
setting That's the nigga they chasing For the jupa she jacking My girl that was Man, they you, but they she jacking, jacking, jacking. Like I said before, hungry line blocking. You leave it, another scam and we'll buy pay. Grab it, squeeze it with dry face. That it time, you will be trying how to catch it. You know you're missing a casa by the bete. Fix it, oh five, trying how to catch it. Then you won't speak serious now till they get pretty girl. Let me take you out of dinner. I got a cheddar, forgive me, I was a sinner. Gonna be better from January down to December. Take trips, go to spots even in the winter. So sexy, gorgeous, and beautiful. Everything that we do is memorable. I'm feeling you from your head down to your toes. Don't have to speak on it, I'm gonna show. That's the nigga they chasing But they jupa she jacking My girl that was a fire That's the nigga they chasing But they jupa she jacking Anytime she walking, yeah. the boy them be watching. The boy them be watching. Anytime she walking, yeah. the boy them be jacking. The boy them be jacking. Baby got you temptation. Anytime you turn girl, you confusion. Baby got you temptation. Anytime you turn girl, you confusion. Baby got you blow my mind away. Anytime you turn. That's the nigga they chasing But they jupa she jacking My girl never suffer Your legs and B-sides Make your body sweat Throw that booty by Send that big hit text And I can be your
Positively not. <laughs> what about you, JK? <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm laughing because I was just having this conversation the other day about someone, and I need at a minimum a 20 minute buffer between me and the closest family member as far as distance. So you just can't say, "Oh, I was in your neighborhood, and I just want to." I don't do I don't do popovers at all from anywhere. I don't either. I have to call my home, and if I don't acknowledge you through the through that kind of communication, you won't get in because I'll be sitting right up here watching TV, and you ringing the bell, and the bell will just be ringing. Exactly. Exactly. This is why I would leave food on his door. I wouldn't call him because I ain't trying to hear his mouth. I would leave the food on the door when he lived closer, and I would leave, and then he would call and cuss me out. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> it's there. You're gonna eat it. Whatever. I have I have a friend who um moved to the area and would just come to my house unannounced. Oh no. I was in the area. And so uh I didn't mention it at first, I just went next to the door. And then one time, remember I was I was exhausted. I just got home from work and I was laying across my bed. And I heard my door, I'm thinking, I looked right on my ring on my phone. Put it right back, go back to sleep. <laughs> it's like, I think that's just so rude. But I, I asked this question because 
I remember I watching the show a few years ago and this uh, woman, her sister was going through it with her husband and he, she just shows up, um, shows up at, at the house for two months. And my thing is, you don't know what a person that's going on in their home. She's married, children. And one of my friends was like, well, that's family. No, uh-uh. no, that's, that's not. I mean, like, I, I can't even. No, it's not the same. But like Chica and I have gone through when we've done certain things and people will come and package their own food and then mm-hmm. they would want to leave. They didn't bring nothing to drink. They didn't bring nothing to eat. Like they would take chili. They would uh, take liquor. Oh, where you go? Where y'all right over there, dear? So you know, you know, we you know, we have people do that type of stuff. And yeah. you know, it's just it's just no cooth. They have no cooth at all. No. No. Huh. Well. Well, Twitter's at home let us know, do you allow family members to drop by your house and announce? And surprisingly enough, Can I ask know, a question, though? Can I ask a question? Isn't that bad etiquette? Isn't that bad to pop up over someone's house without yes. announcing? Yes. I think it's horrible. I would yes. never do it. Yeah, I would, I would never, never just pop up over somebody's house. Yeah. But now there's some people that said, yeah, one girl, she post, post um, she said, friends and family are always welcome. Oh. And I guarantee you, she can. You know what Judge Judy said? Judge Judy said company starts to smell like fish after a couple days. It starts to stink. <laughs> that is true. That is true. Well, Twitter's at home. Let us know what you think. All right. Well, the list of companies um, that have suspended their services in Russia continues to grow. On Sunday, TikTok and Netflix joined the list. TikTok has not completely suspended the use of their app, but only certain features. Now, while Red for Netflix has confirmed that the streaming service has been suspended in Russia, according to NBC News on Sunday, TikTok announced that they would suspend new content and live streaming abilities on their platform in Russia. The suspension is due to Russia's new fake news law, which has now made it um, an offense to disseminate what has been described as fake information about the country's armed forces. So pretty much they don't want uh, any talk about the war, they don't want, you know, they 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 have shut down news stations um, and they've made this made this um, illegal to talk badly about Russia. You know, a lot of people in Russia have been protesting um, this war. But so other companies that have done this, Apple, they announced that they weren't they were suspend product sales in Russia. Um, Disney World, uh, Disney and Warner Brothers have announced they're pulling their films. Uh, from the country due to this invasion. Um, do you think this is good enough, Chike? Do that these companies are banding together? Good enough? No. Um, I think that it's good that it's happening, but not good enough. Um, and 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 I could have swore that because I was on TikTok this morning. It's my extracurricular activity. I just watch. I don't not I don't actually mm-hmm. post anything. Um, I could have swore that I seen some Russian TikToks this morning. So maybe they can transmit out, but they're not gonna receive things from around the world because they were active this morning. Yeah, and they said no new content. Was it new content? Yeah, it was live, live oh. stream. Yeah. So I, I could understand them not receiving anything because then they would be open to the influence of the world and they would right. get information that, um, the government doesn't want them to have. I think that it's good that they're banning. And I, 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 I guess the goal is to get 
the people to revolt against the government to get them to the point where they are fed up and they revolt against the government to pressure the government to do something different. But their government is not like our government. <laughs> you don't have that access to be able to pressure the government that way. You just, it's not set up the same way. So I don't know how long the people have to suffer before there is some type of change. And that's the problem is the people that are suffering. It's not people yeah. suffering. Because he has yeah. money, he's just hitting offshore. Linnea, yeah. what are your thoughts on these companies band together to uh, disseminate services? I mean, it, it's a good thing. Um, but in the end, when you have a tyrant running, you know, running, running that part of the world, you can't appeal to his morality. There mm -hmm. is none. Mm -hmm. You can't appeal to his conscience. There is none. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know I mean, so I, I I don't know what you do in this in this instance. Um, and I mean, I, I I'm not on TikTok. I don't even have TikTok, and I know that it mentioned like certain features. But how about you shut it down completely? Yeah. Like if you really gonna do something, shut it down. Come shut shut it down on this side. Whatever you're dealing with, bing bang boom, shut it down. Because I'm, yeah, I'm, you can't tell me that it's not possible. Right. You know what I mean? Like, cut off that part of the world. We definitely don't need to, you know, I, mean? I just, yeah. But that, I'm not, you know, I don't run a country. I don't, hell, I don't even run my house half the time. It'd just be, <laughs> you know, my my multiple personality, so. <laughs> yeah, and it's sad because they, Russia keeps saying they're not targeting any civilians, but some of the uh, news uh, media that was able to capture footage, they showed this one family of four, this woman and her children got murdered, killed by a bomb, you know what I mean? And so residents are being, uh, are being targeted. But MA star um, and Olympic champion, Brittany uh, Grinder, she has been arrested for allegedly drug smuggling charges. Hey. A vape. A, a vape, right. A vape and cannabis oil. Um, according to New York Times, the Russian Federal uh, Customs Service officials detained her um, after finding out, again, the vape and the, and the um, cannabis oil. Now, she's facing up to 10 years in jail if found guilty. Um, the details mm -hmm. around this arrest are very sketchy. They don't know when she was arrested. Um, and and, and they, they've reached out because President Biden's trying to get her back. They've reached out but they hadn't had any kind of communication uh, with the officials there. Uh, Linnea, do you, well, and you know, Putin um, is against um, the LGBT community and she is LGBT, a member mm -hmm. of the LGBT community. Do you think it would be easy to get her home? Um, probably not. And for me personally, right? When you are traveling to these other countries, you have to be mindful. I understand that it's a vape, whatever, but you have to be mindful um, of where you're going. Like, I don't want to carry nothing that ain't mine and nothing that can get me possibly in trouble going somewhere else. Yeah. Because for regular folks like us, they not going to fight to bring us back home. Mm -hmm. Now, she she's Black. I don't know how hard they're going to fight for. <laughs> yeah. But... Yeah, I mean, it's just, I, it, it, allegedly she, because I first saw the story on Twitter, allegedly she's been there for three weeks. I don't even know, nobody said what she was doing there, because I yeah. think 
their season, the MB, the NWA in the WNBA season is over. I don't know if she was playing overseas. Yeah, she's over there. So a lot of times they I just saw this on the news, they'll go there um and play in the off season because they make in the off league, right? A lot of money out there. Yeah. You make more actually you make more money overseas yeah. than you do. Like they're stars overseas. Yeah. Here, no, just the men, but overseas, they're stars. Absolutely. Yeah, Chicken, what do you think about this? Do you think you know, will Biden's gonna be able to get her home? Especially with the sanctions, the sanctions that the U.S. is putting against Russia. I don't know, and 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 my prayer is that she doesn't become a pawn. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like she is, she doesn't get used. Um, all I can do is pray for her. But like Lania said, I think that there should be some type of uh, educational crash course with these people that are overseas and how you behave when you're in another country, it's not America. You can't do your American things in other countries and think that everything's gonna be okay. And all you have to do a hop, skip and a jump to the embassy and everything's all right. Sometimes you can't make it to the embassy. You have to respect the country that you're in and you need to be aware of the laws because the laws are very different. You know, certain things over there in certain countries will get your head cut off and it's mm -hmm. legal. Pay attention, pay attention. Yeah. We definitely hope she gets back safely. Uh, speaking of President Biden, a lot of people tell him he needs to mind his business. So he's pushing to end the remote work for the second time this uh, last week, framing the return to the office for millions of workers is necessary for the United States to move beyond the pandemic. He states, uh, because of the progress we have made fighting COVID, Americans can not only get back to work, but they can go back in the office and safely uh, fill our great downtown cities again. Now, this comes after the president made similar comments during his recent State of the Union address. It's time for Americans to get back to work, he said, while announcing the new COVID plans. People working from home can feel safe to begin to return back to their offices. Do you think this will help? Uh, you think, do you think if companies reverse their remote um, options, it'll cause people to leave, Linnea, after being home for two years? Um. I mean, yes and no. So I will say this, COVID has shown that you don't need a brick and mortar mm -hmm. in order to function. COVID yep. has shown that. Um, and a lot of companies, you know, they're realizing, whoo, I can cut some overhead. Yep. I can cut a lot of overhead because mm -hmm. the majority of your overhead is where you are, your location. Yeah. So, you know, I wish that this man, as hard as he is pushing for remote work to end, which I seriously doubt because people are learning how to navigate. Mm -hmm. um, I want him to push that hard to get all of these student loans canceled because I got things to do, Joe. I got things right. to do. I need right. you to cancel these student loans, all of them, not some of them, right. all of them, because I got yeah. things to do. So yeah. just, you know, just saying, put, put that energy over there, over right. there. Right. I know at my job, Chike, uh, we had someone we offered the position to, and he really liked the opportunity, but he was going after another position and they allowed 100% remote work. So he took that position instead. Do you think that this is gonna be a deterrent for some people um, to stay at companies that they have, or, are forced to come in uh, five days a week? So I think that 
people that have gotten the taste of the good life, the good part about staying at home, they're going to stay at home. They're not going to want to go back. And I think that they may start looking for opportunities to be able to work at home. Working at home has become an intricate part of certain people's lives at this point, built their life around working at home, especially with children. Mm. And it works it works for some companies. I think Biden needs to mind his business, but I honestly think that he wants people to get back to work because it will generate more money for the country. Not yeah. necessarily through the working, but through commuting, burning gas, gas mm -hmm. expensive right now. Right. And your transportation, your car, your train, your bus, all those things that you take to get to work will need more of that thing called Petro, which is going to cost more of that stuff called dinero, which is going to generate the country to have more money. That's what he wants. He don't want people to be in a building trying to get back to work. He wants that money generated. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then the people that have like the, you know, people go to lunch, you know, during the work day, they'll go to restaurants and things like that in the city or wherever they work at. A lot of them have lost a lot of money because people aren't walking by the bodega or they're not going to the stores to eat so I, I like I think that they should do if, if you're able to do it they should have like the remote option like you're not maybe not five days a week but you know kind of half and half that's how my company is but you know, it'll, be it'll be interesting to see what happens though with these companies uh someone said it, sent me that uh the article yesterday it said time to mind his business <laughs> All right, well, let's take a quick break. We come back more hot topics. Find out this company is suing McDonald's for $900 million over their ice cream machines. Well, <laughs> we'll come well. back right back after this. Peace, world. This is the Love King of R&B, Raheem Devon. And you know what it is, telling you to check out the Stephen Knight Show. Keep it locked right here. And also listen to my new single, Mr. Midnight, and enjoy the new album, What a Time to Be in Love, available on all digital platforms now. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Reminder all over social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and of course, our official website, stephennightshow.com. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube if you'd rather watch us while we do the show. All right, well, last year, Pennsylvania prosecutors asked the Supreme Court to review Bill Cosby's overturned conviction in his sexual assault case. On Monday, the court reached a decision that decided not to review the case, leaving in place uh, the previous decision made by the Pennsylvania Supreme Court. Now, according to the Associated Press, on Monday, the Supreme Court announced th their decision not to review the overturned conviction without um, comment, leaving Cosby a free man and bringing an end to the battle in court after being accused of sexually assaulting various women throughout the years. Cobbs was released from prison last June after the Pennsylvania Supreme Court ruled that non-prosecution agreement with the prior pr prosecutors should have uh, precluded him from being criminally charged in the case. Cobbs' spokesperson, Andrew Wyatt, uh, he, he commented about the Supreme Court's recent decision and said, this is truly a victory for Mr. Cosby but also shows that cheating will never get you far in life. And the, corrupt, and the corruption that lies with the Montgomery uh, County District's Attorney Office has been brought to the center stage of the world. Uh, Chike, are you surprised that this was this is done or did you think that they were gonna get him back in, in jail? I thought that they were gonna probably mess with him for the rest of his life. I did think that I don't. I didn't know necessarily if he was actually 
going to go back to jail, but I didn't think that they were going to leave him alone. I still don't think that they're going to leave him alone. Mm. What do you think, Alanya? Um, I don't believe in conspiracy theories, but I don't believe in coincidences either. Um, this whole thing has been, it's just been a whirlwind with this story and you know i have my <laughs> i have my opinions about it that i'm not gonna address here but um <laughs> they're definitely gonna you know i think the goal is to drive him to his grave miserable mm. um not necessarily destitute because i know he still has he still has money but the goal is to drive him to his grave and just you know completely obliterate his legacy period mm-hmm. yeah and i don't think i don't i don't think it's to make him miserable i think it's more so to disgrace him disgrace him that's the word there you go mm-hmm. yeah period yeah i totally get that and, and you know even when he was uh let out of jail uh more women came to the forefront saying that they were that they had been sexually assaulted by him so we'll see what happens Let's check out this story. You can't make this up. McDonald's is notoriously known for its golden French fries, their tasty ice cream. However, most of the time, their machines are out of order. While the problem seems ongoing, customers aren't the only ones upset with the international fast food chain. According to The Hill, a Delaware-based company responsible for the device that repairs the ice cream uh, machines have filed a suit against the company um, last Tuesday. The company's called... uh, Kitch, Kitch, oh, Kitch, Kitch. They're suing for, <laughs> suing for $900 million in the lawsuit. So pretty much what they're saying is, because I, um, McDonald's would use um, them as the f- reason why th- the machines were down. Mm-hmm. And so they're suing for defamation um, and allegations and to finally get the, mach- the ice cream machines finally fixed once and for all. <laughs> can you make this stuff up with you? I, I I just need to know, like, who, what you smoking? When what what are you doing at home? Where you just be like, yeah, I'm a Sue McDonald's for lying on me and saying I ain't fixing these damn machines. And as soon as you started talking about it, before you even said defamation, that was one of the notes that I wrote. I said these people are going for defamation of character. Unbelievable. You hear me? I don't, I can't say, I don't remember ever going to a McDonald's, my experience, and the ice cream machine not working. That hasn't been my experience. So maybe I've been lucky. Um, but yeah, I, $900 million. Right. For what? What are you going to do with that? And then the machines are still going to be broke wherever they're broken. I think you need to take a consensus of where these broke machines are mm-hmm. and then look at your staff. And they filed a 133-page um, court filing. And the, the uh, founders are Jeremy O'Sullivan and Melissa Nelson. Uh, Chica, are you looking for a payday? Or do they have, uh, you know, is, is it merit what they have, what they're saying? They have a merit to it. Oh, they're looking for a payday. I don't know if they're necessarily going to get that, but I hope they get something. And I'm going to tell you why. Every time, and I get my mouth fixed, 
for some kind of dairy product from McDonald's, the ice cream machine is never working. <laughs> never. It's, oh, it's just stopped. Oh, it hasn't been working all week. Oh, we got to fix it. It's always something. Okay. I got a word from a very reliable source from a McDonald's employee that they don't deal with it because it's a lot to deal with. It's not necessarily that it's broken. It's that to keep it running all day, someone has to man it and they don't like doing it. So they just say that it's broke so they don't have to deal with it. It's messy, it's sticky. And especially in the summertime, it's an all day situation. It's a messy job and they don't really want to make the ice cream. They don't want to deal with it. So they say it's broke so they don't have to touch it. That's all. That means were lying on that company. That is defamation of character because I'm sure the company wants that they do a good job, right? They're handling McDonald's. McDonald's is a client. If McDonald's is lying and saying that it's broken and it's really not broken, and you have a company specifically that comes to fix that and the machine is always broken, I'm sure there was a smart patron that was like, you know what? Who fixes your machine? I can't have them out here to fix it. Let me call. And then they said, well, we didn't get a call that it was broken. It's not broken. And I'm sure that's probably how it got started. So, so is it safe to say that if it was a class action lawsuit, you would be one of the litigants? <laughs> I'm not that invested. I don't go to McDonald's. <laughs> I don't go that often. Well, I, I've never been to McDonald's. If it had been a Krispy Kreme something, I might want to jump in. On oh, we'd be protesting if it was Krispy Kreme. <laughs> I've never been to McDonald's and the machine wasn't working. And they said, well, you got to blame Kitsch. Uh, that's the company Kitsch. That's the reason why. Exactly. I've oh, never sure. had that. oh, no, not us. Not, it's not our fault. <laughs> we can't even pronounce the name. So how right. the hell am I going to tell you to blame them? And I don't even know what, I don't even know what that means. I don't even know what it's it says. <laughs> well, Lania, thank you as always for hot topics. She can see movie reviews when we come back and a cut right back after this. It's another one. Another one, yeah, yeah. Kenny Black, the music machine on the track. Oh, yeah. Lyrics, Donnie. Okay, look. Talk some lyrics. Look. Met it out in Senegal, kept it light, couple drinks, higgin' in my car. Was chillin' with some older folks, kinda chilly, help you button up your overcoat. Hold the toast, bottle like half a brick. Schoolgirl, why your Kim study Latin lit? Passionate, love to help the less fortunate. Triple threat, had them all without a gorgeousness. Homesick, talking about she love the snow. Different places that her mother and her cousins go. Bungalows, wanna hide like one of those. Do nothing, run around in the underclothes. Summer glow, back home, sipping over yo. Road to riches, she acting like she know the road. Showing you things I ain't supposed to show. Next winter, we skiing in the Poconos. And in my mind, I'm really hoping so. Mind sex, our bond is so emotional. Simple life, top down on the open road. Black and white, like when J Mecalogelo. Was just being a dad though, like Castro, mom's name Cassandra. To this day, yeah, she still make the best lasagna. There's nothing left for me to ponder. Beat you with a bow like it's a privilege and an honor. 
We at the penthouse in Palazzo In the Venetian, we was next to El Chapo Now we lost out in Cabo The greedy ass, you a fiend for a taco Just got those books, she like to read a lot In the water, on them jets like the ski a lot Tequila shots, batting bougie on the radio That Jose got her acting like she Quavo For the pesos, hit me with a pole dance Made it rain, we got a different type of romance In the air, love it when you slow dance She a stallion, she ride, I'm using both hands Both plan to enjoy this little odyssey Beach hop to avoid the monotony Nostradamus, seen it like a prophecy Mrs. Long, yeah, I'm thinking quite possibly They look at us like we a novelty Pop out and paparazzi on the property See, I came through with the game, so try to do what you're trying to do. Still got my gun in my hand, said she wanna take a perk with me. Got me feeling like the man, yeah. We in a party lit, we in a party lit, yeah. We in a party lit, we in a party lit, yeah. Sipping Bacardi, bitch, we got the party lit, yeah. And she my little party, bitch, she got the party lit, yeah. She like the way that I move, the shit that I do, I'm dripping designer. And I don't know what to do, nah, must be the weed in the bottle. After this party, she getting lit, after this party, hitting the crib, after this party, sipping Bacardi, she gon' retard. All on the now neck. I'm in my bag This Henny hit again Ops in here looking mad Like we won't spin again Now they turn off the music To tell us chill again Then they play that dreams and nightmares And we get lit again. I used to pray for times like this To rhyme like this So I had to grind like that To shine like this In a matter of time I spent On some locked up shit In the back of the paddy wagon Cups locked on wrist I see my dreams unfold uh, Niggas ain't even know Me and Don from the block uh, Popping them be moving slow uh, Get money you already know and we stay with the pose. Get money to hand the dough. I got the antidote. No, no. V stay with the beans. Money ain't even from strings. in the V, then we slide out the V, then we cop another V. No. I do my dance on the bitch. The party we making it lit. My niggas they play with them sticks. Move up, then we empty and close. She like the way that I move. She like the way that I dance. Niggas don't know what to do. They say I came through with the gang So try to do what you trying to do Still got my gun in my hand Said she wanna take a perk with me Got me feeling like the man Yeah, we in a party lit We in a party lit, yeah We in a party lit, we in a party lit, yeah Sipping Bacardi, bitch We got the party lit, yeah And she my little party, bitch She got the party lit, yeah Money, power, and respect, no We get that back and then we go and get that check, no No, bitch, she on me and she wanna perk set, no We in the party, then we hopping on the jet, no uh-huh. Every day we on that gangsta shit we lie Turn this shit up at the party for a vibe uh-huh. 
Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Our next guest is an independent singer-songwriter whose work is largely driven by her decision to get sober five years ago, at just age 23, and by the demons that followed her into sobriety. She joins us to discuss all of that, plus her new music. Please help me welcome the talented Anna Cut. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Well, listen, I heard you had a show last night, a performance last night. How did it go? Um, it went it went okay. You know, I, I kind of have a little bit of criticisms in my head, so I'm kind of replaying that, but um, the show was amazing. A lot of the other artists were really great. Um, yeah, I performed at the Troubadour. Mm, yeah. So, yeah, it was really good. I'm sure it was great. You know, as artists, we are always our biggest critics, so. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's my mother. <laughs> right, exactly, exactly. Well, let's talk about uh, the early days for you. So, I read that you're the granddaughter of Mark Goodson. The people don't know that is a legendary producer behind Family Feud and The Price is Right. Uh, yeah. How was it like having that legacy? Um, I don't know. We have a lot of, we like talk about them a lot in the house. Like we have um, an area in the house called the Wall of Game, which is dedicated to him. So it has all the photos of his game shows. So I really grew up kind of appreciating his work except he died before I was born yeah, yeah so I didn't really get a chance to meet him but I think that just that creativity I'm I would say kind of came down to me <laughs> absolutely absolutely and so where did, where were you born I was born in LA in LA you know so you're you're a uh, homebred LA native yeah. <laughs> and you've really been killing the, the the local scene there uh tell us some of the places you've been formed I performed at the Viper Room. I've performed at the Whiskey, which are both, you know, huge venues, super yeah. stoked about that. Um, and then I performed at Molly Malone's Federal Bar. Oh, and then last last Saturday I worked at the Federal Bar. I yeah. um, I did an acoustic show there, which was really cool because I got to really get into my music. Right. Like, like before, you know, you don't have too many opportunities to talk about your songs. Exactly. On, the regular, on the regular show but this one I was able to kind of shift it down just yeah. meet my voice kind of very chill so I really enjoyed that and I feel like most people really enjoyed it that's a great that's awesome so how did you when did you get this love for music when did you know this is what I wanted to do um not until much later I started probably right before I wrote right before I got sober like at 20 Two, I went into the studio for my first time. I'd always sung for myself, like literally singing like acapella around the house. Yeah. And I was actually acting at the time, but was a little bit, I was kind of sick of going out in the audition process and kind of right. getting rejected. And I was like, I'm not really a screenwriter, but I was writing poems. Mm -hmm. So I thought that why not try to go in the studio and create a song? You know, I could yeah. sing, I could write poems. So why not try? So I actually, I'm a golfer. So yeah. I was at the driving range when I met my first producer and we got into the studio and worked on the first version of the song that um, is coming out right now called Messy, mm -hmm. which is the first song I worked on with my producer, Scott Storch. Yeah, Scott Storch, yeah. We're gonna talk about that, talk about that. So what was it five years ago, you made the decision to get sober. Uh, what was it that led you to that? Cause you've been very open about um, your sobriety and about some mental health issues that you have, including yeah. um, that you were diagnosed with bipolar. Is that correct? Yeah. So what was it that made you get sober? I was stuck in this 
process of like, I would quit drinking, I would start, I would quit, I would stop. It was like a whole process where I would like quit for three months at a time and then I'd have one drink before I knew it. I was like drinking every night, blacking out, getting really hammered. Like I was even talked about it last night. I wrote this song called Pages because I'd gone through my journal, wrote, realized I wrote all the same things over and over. I'm like, I only have one drink, you know, mm. or you have one drink with yeah. Diet Cokes or whatever. And you know, you break every promise in that whole book. Um, so then, yeah, I, I had quit for like three months before mm. I started drinking for my last like three months. And I had one drink when my friend came to town. And I remember being like, oh, I'm super happy. I was like, cause I, you came and visited, but I had my first drink in a while and it felt really nice. And then before I knew it, I'm like, you know, blacking out like every night getting really mm. hammered. And I was just, I know this kind of sounds like the reason that I shouldn't be the reason why I got sober, but it was because it was really affecting my voice. Yeah. And yeah. that was like, cause for me, I was like, I, I don't really, didn't really, I didn't really mind like, okay, so what every, a lot of people, my friends actually blacked out. I hate to say it, but right. fun, fun times. Um, right. Exactly. But yeah, cause it was affecting my voice. So mm -hmm. like the last time I, I drank, I was just like, I said, I was going to have one drink mm -hmm. and I never threw up, but I was puking over the toilet and I was like, I have no throat, literally. And I would chain smoke cigarettes. So it was just really bad. And, you know, up all night talking and it was just destroying my voice. So I was like, okay, you have a decision. I actually created a recorded video. I'm like, you have no voice. You're destroying your life and your potential career. Wow. So then that point I went to AA and got sober. Really? Really? Yeah. So it was your own deciding to get sober. Yeah, definitely. My, my mom didn't even really know I was like drinking. It was like, wow, wow. Yeah. Um, and so you were diagnosed um, with bipolar as bipolar. Did was that before you got sober? Or was that after? That was after I got sober. So, oh, really? But yeah, it was at three. It was actually at three years sober. Okay. I, um, yeah, I had a pretty. You know, I'm, I'm bipolar one, so my my bipolar is really insane, which I didn't discover. Actually, I did have a manic episode because basically bipolar you have manic episodes and then depressions. Yeah. Bipolar one, which I am, is like really psychotic manic episodes. Really? Like you go fucking nuts, delusional, crazy, all this shit. So I had a manic episode um, my freshman year in college, my sophomore year in college. Okay. Um, but then I had a different one this past um, three years ago. And then from there I ended up, yeah, I don't know what I was talking about. Sorry, completely blanked. But is that, uh, is that, yeah. Is that when you got diagnosed after that last? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, did you did you already know, did you already personally for yourself feel like you had mental problems and and you were covering up with alcohol or you were or was it just you were just going through day to day? No, I. I feel like definitely like the drinking at the end helped. Like I was at a place where after my first manic episode, I didn't really realize it until after because I, I kind of, I had an eating disorder. I've had a shit ton of mental health issues yeah. my entire life, to be honest. Um, I, you know, I had an eating disorder after that first one. Um, and sorry, I thought I completely forgot what I was saying. Oh, sorry. Um, my you were saying about, about, uh, about um, you had an eating disorder. Um, I was asking you about were you covering your mental health issues with drinking? Oh yeah. Um, so, um, about like two years after my first manic episode, when I was having eating disorder for like yeah. another two years, I ended up drinking and partying and going through this big phase, but that actually helped me like a lot, like during that period, like I needed that, that outlet mm -hmm. for that period in time. I mean, it was very unhealthy, but it, it kind of sparked a little bit of, gave me a little bit of life considering my, yeah. 
I had such depression underneath it. So it was definitely a coping mechanism. So what have you done for the depression and the, you know, being bipolar? What, what have you, what treatment have you done with that? Um, I'm on medication. Okay. And I actually do these things called, I don't know, I, these ketamine treatments, which have actually been kind of cool. It's kind of like a cutting edge thing. Um, it's a, um, horse, it's basically horse tranquilizers. I don't know if you know Special K, like party drugs, but if you, it's done in like um, small doses and it's done okay. with a doctor, then it's used for depression. It has really good results. Okay. So I've been doing that for about two years or a year and a half. Well, awesome. Well, listen, thank you for being so open about that because um, everyone's not, you know, so. Yeah. But I know that you use all this to fuel your music, you know, things you've gone through, your experiences, and that's what helps fuel your music. Talk about what what made you be so vulnerable to put that in your music. Um, honestly, the only way that I know how to write is by writing with like a first thought. So that's yeah. where I start with, I'll be like, oh, I have a feeling to write and then I'll start writing whatever thought comes to my mind. So mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, start, some of my songs start off with like sitting on a chair in my living room, you know, right. and then it kind of goes into whatever was really like stream of consciousness. Yeah. So this has always been the way I've written, just kind of real honest place, what I'm going through. It kind of, I'll say if I can't process something or I'll be, you know, I'll have like a certain feeling, I'll be really frustrated and then I'll be able to write it out in song mm-hmm. and um, kind of come to terms and be like, oh, I understand that now. And it makes me yeah. feel better about it. So it okay. kind of, it's kind of like a little psychology lesson for myself. Absolutely, absolutely. So you you work with Scott Storch uh, on this project, and uh, who's obviously Grammy Award winner. He's yeah. uh, Christina Aguilera, some of the top artists. How did that relationship form? Honestly, I just reached out to him over DM and sent him some of my demos, and yeah, we started working in the studio. This was just around like five years ago. So right mm-hmm. when he had kind of you know I don't know about if you know about his story, he he had a trouble with drugs and stuff like that but he sorry my mom's like giving me shit (laughs) anyways um okay mom whatever jesus everyone knows so okay so scott had his own stuff and then he was kind of coming he was building up his stuff so i was able to reach out to him because he didn't have quite as many followers as he has now like now he has millions and millions before that a couple hundred thousand okay so when you first start working with him five years ago how was that experience Oh, it was amazing. When I first got out of the studio, I was super stoked. We worked on the song Messy, which Mm -hmm. is one of my favorite songs, the first song I ever worked on in the studio. And yeah, the first day went really, really well. And actually, our song was at 54 BPM, which 54 is my lucky number. So I was like, okay, okay." I called my mom and I was like, okay, it's good shit's going to happen. Right. So yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So tell us about your, uh, because you already did, you released your debut um, EP, Nightmares, correct? No, actually, we took it down to doing some rebranding. Okay. Um, we we had two of my singles out on it, but then we took yeah. it down because we're trying to rebrand me as Hannah Cut. So okay. Cut recently, but I decided I wanted to go back to my my real name. It felt weird people calling me Cut. I was like, this feels strange. Even though you have like an alter ego, I was like, I just want right. people to call me Hannah. Like, I just felt I don't know, just felt it did not stick with me. <laughs> so so when you are on stage performing, do you go into alter ego, or is, it, or is that you? Are you given just who you are or do you kind of no I probably should go into some kind of alter ego situation I feel like that that might help me a little bit kind of um connect with the audience or something but yeah I keep it I keep it pretty chill I keep you know just me talk about my songs Mm -hmm. yeah yeah so tell us about this project that that we can expect because I understand you have some things coming out um what can we expect 
So right now we have, um, well, I have definitely more performance comes performance yeah. coming up. So that'll mm -hmm. be really cool. I have some at the Viper Room, one at the Mint, um, trying to get some acoustic shows in there. So there's that. And releasing, you know, well, I guess re-releasing my EP, yeah. um, which is produced by Scott. And then I have a whole album that we also worked on together. So yeah. just kind of rolling it out slowly. I have three music videos, which are really well done. Yeah. Um, according to me, but yeah, they are. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. Yeah. That's awesome. So this album. And then I'm already working on my next album though. So you, you, you're, you're banging, you're getting it done. You're getting yeah. it done. Yeah. How does it feel to be where you are now where, you know, you have your uh, mental health issues, you're, you're working on that, you're sober and you're doing what you love, which is music. How does it, how do you feel these days? Um, honestly, it's like one of those things that I kind of always still struggle with. Yeah. Um, like a lot of stuff's happening in my life right now, but I feel like a little bit flat sometimes, which mm -hmm. just, you know, a symptom of depression. So yeah, that's a little, that's a, that's rough. Cause you, you wonder, you're like, maybe if there's, you know, a bunch of fans screaming my name, maybe that will, you yeah. know, turn me on or whatever, but mm -hmm. You know, I kind of just go and do the next indicated action and, you know, stay healthy, eat well, do all, all right. that. But it's kind of one of those things where you always have rough days. Yeah, it's, it's an ongoing process. Do yeah. You, how have you done, especially, I read a little bit during lockdown, that was a little difficult for you. Um, tell us about that when we were, you know, I know we're still in the pandemic, but things are opening up, especially I read LA, um, yeah. they're opening up a lot. How was it for you? Yeah, honestly, in the beginning of COVID, I did not even notice it because I was so depressed. I was at, yeah. I was at the beginning of when I first dealt with my depression after my my manic episode. Uh -huh. um, so yeah, I didn't really notice. I would not leave my couch. I'd literally just watch Girls Incarcerated and just yeah, sit on my couch. Mom was like, "You have to leave this couch." Uh -huh. <laughs> I was like, "No, I don't want to." Um, but now, now that I've like started to feel better, it's been nice to go out. Like I'm going to Vegas tomorrow for the I Love UFC. Awesome. So yeah. I go to a lot of sports games. So that's been a lot of fun once once I've kind of been like, oh, there's life and life's yeah. happening. So yeah, I can I can participate. That's awesome. What do you want uh, listeners and your fans to know about you as an artist? Um, I just want I don't know. I just want to be known as someone who's really good at their lyrics. Like that's that's probably that's probably because her lyrics are big important to you. The lyrics, yeah, are definitely. That's those are those are my babies. Mm -hmm. Do you have any dream collaborations? Dream collaborations. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's honest. That's honest. Yeah. 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 Well, I know that yeah, you. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, what were you saying? Uh, no, I, I was just going to say, never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I know you, uh, the, I read that you have music coming out this spring. Is that true? The, yes, the, uh, yes, we're gonna we're gonna release we're gonna re-release the music. I want to talk about "Gets Me Off" because I heard that that was one of the songs that you wrote. Um, is it as you were getting sober during that process? Yeah, yeah, that was. Um, I actually wrote that after, right after, like like probably like the week after I got sober because I realized okay. I had been. One of the things when I would, you know, start drinking and I made myself feel so shitty about it. So I'd break my promise and I'd make myself feel horrible about, horrible about yeah. it, horrible about it. And I realized I did the same thing with food. 
Mm. So, um, so afterwards, I like a week after I was doing the same thing. I was like, oh, I ate too much. And I felt, made myself feel so shitty about it. And I was like, oh, you like this feeling. Like you, there's something you like about indulging in this feeling, making mm. yourself feel really shitty. So that's where I came up with the song Gets Me Off. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, where can everyone keep up with everything you have going on? Because I know, I mean, with all these projects you've already completed and uh, that you're working on now, where can we keep up with yeah. everything you have going on? Hannah Cup Music, my Instagram, you know, kind of the... The regular place you find people nowadays. Right. <laughs> now I was on your Instagram page and uh, you have some good posts out there. For yeah, sure. Fun. Cool. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much for taking time to, uh, to come on the show tonight. And uh, for more information on Hannah Cut, go to our website, thestevenightshow.com. We'll be right back after this. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. Ah. Without you and get up there for that acting right. Screw love.
kind of cleaning up today I found a picture about around the time when we first met And I started to reminisce about where we've been, what we've been through And where we at, yeah One year, four months, three weeks, two days, an hour Thirty seconds of each other Getting to know each other Loving each other Going through things with each other And you've been right there for me through everything, everything, baby And it ain't been easy, uh-uh Nothing in life comes easy, see now But if we work it out, I know No doubt we'll be where we're trying to be So let's make a deal If you stay true, I'll stay down for real Don't let nobody Romeo, Juliet, Bonnie, and Clyde, you and me, a love story uh, Baby, I appreciate you, yeah And everything you do for me, my baby I'll do anything in this whole world for you But, but sometimes it's so hard to just be with you, baby Cause all my friends talking about this and that Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Our next guest is an award-winning dentist who joins us to discuss the importance of dental care. Please help me welcome Dr. Gabriel Sepienza. Welcome to the show. Oh, well, Stephen, thank you so much for having me this evening. It's a pleasure. I definitely appreciate you taking time out your busy schedule. I think one thing we don't talk about a lot is dental health and how important it is. But let's start off, what made you pursue this career field? Oh, Stephen, that's a great question. And so I, I think a big thing is that for me, I was, I grew up in the dental field. Mm-hmm. Um, literally, I grew up in a dental office, um, <laughs> <laughs> having, um, having parents that are both part of the dental field, um, the dental profession, my father being a dentist, and my, my mother is a hygienist. Okay. Um, so uh, I think that's one thing. So we Growing up, there was a lot of talk about dentistry, um, but also um, I grew up in the same home as the the practice. Okay. So front half of the house is the office, mm-hmm. back half is lunchtime. So. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. That makes sense. What's the difference between a dentist and a hygienist? Because some people don't understand the difference. Yeah. Um, so a a dentist's um, like range of responsibilities goes from um, like soft tissue exams um, to administering Novocaine, fillings, um, restorative in terms of like crowns and bridges, replacing teeth, um, where hygiene is primarily focused on removing plaque, tartar, Mm -hmm. sorry, I'm using dental words here, um, (laughs) cleaning the surfaces of of teeth. Okay. Now, how hard is it to become a dentist? Because you received your doctor of medicine and dentistry. Uh, was that hard? I'm, obviously, you grew up around all of that, but was it hard for you going on on your own? Um, in terms of going to school? Or... Yeah, going to school and going through, yeah. Um, school is hard. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I also think anyone feels like school is, is hard. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it was definitely... Uh, 
grit is the word I would use. And I think, I think everyone needs grit. Um, but I also think that applies to any sort of, um, education from your high school diploma, your bachelor's, like it, you really need to stick it in there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And how many years is that? Is it four years or is it longer than that? Correct. It's four. Okay. Four years. Okay. So talk to us, and I've learned the hard way, the importance of going every six months or twice a year to your your dentist. Well, first of all, before I answer your question, tell me, if you don't mind, what does that mean learning the hard way? Would you share with me your... Growing up, I would go, you know, every six months, you know, uh, and then when I went to college and then beyond, I'm embarrassed to say how many times I I had gone. And then um, I started you know, cause I, I felt like I'm, you know, I'm brushing regularly, I'm flossing regularly. And then I went to the dentist, you know, cause I started having bleeding gums. I went to the dentist and I went through the most painful experience <laughs> where they numb one side of my mouth. And, um, and then they, they typically really have to dig for the plaque underneath your gums uh, for just years of buildup. So they, they did, they numb one side. And then I came back the next week to numb the second side. And even though they, number you still feel that pressure and I vowed to myself I would never miss another appointment (laughs) okay that's it that's a great yeah and Mm. do you know how Stephen I want you to know you are not alone that is extremely common Mm -hmm. um and I think it's hard because even even brushing your your teeth like some of that stuff yeah you need a little bit of help that toothbrush can't do it all by itself. Mm-hmm. And you think that because you're brushing your floss and regularly, you know, it just, they, what they explained to me is sometimes it just doesn't get all the plaque. And then, you know, I, I had inflamed gums, you know, mm-hmm. at the time. And so uh, that's what was causing the bleeding. And mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, I, I don't miss an appointment now. <laughs> the most I missed, I missed uh, one appointment during when the beginning of the pandemic because they were closed, but yeah. I finally said no. No, no. So what do you tell people when they, when they, uh, if they're not in that regular routine of going, you know, every six months or twice a year, like, what do you, how do you encourage them? Well, I, one of the things I try to, to say is that, um, it makes our time together a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, cause I, I think sometimes cleanings are uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not going to lie and say they're great all the time. Right, exactly. So I, I think part of coming on a more consistent basis does make them more comfortable. Mm-hmm. I also think it just being in the office a little more makes makes that unknown less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. That's true. And so one thing I also, while well, I was restoring my teeth and my dental health I uh I haven't wanted to get braces for years I used to have like a a gap right here a big gap and kind of some chipped teeth they weren't weren't horrible but um and then I ended up getting Invisalign's and which I thought would be crazy expensive but it really wasn't and that was it was a great experience for me you know finally getting some straight teeth you know they look Um, great yeah thank you Thank you. Um, missing those appointments also can overlook certain uh, other tests that need to be done, like specialized tests. Can you talk about that? 
Yeah, so um, coming routinely for like, I, um, I'll just use like a baseline, like six months for a, a cleaning and checkup. Mm -hmm. um, but we, I think a big thing of what we do is we're screening for oral cancer. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's one of the biggest benefits to, or in terms of overall health of coming mm -hmm. every six months, um, just because, I mean, what other physician do you see every six months exactly. to, to take a look and check for cancer, especially because it is so common. Mm. Um, so take a look at your tongue, cheek, roof of the mouth, floor of the mouth. Um, and even just in six months when things change, it's nice to document those changes, size, shape, color. Um, and then, you know, you can have a discussion, you know, look, let's look at the photo. It doesn't look the same. Mm -hmm. Maybe let's go get this looked at or, or even has your medication changed? Oh, yeah. you know, I haven't been taking it. Um, so I, I think it's just a nice check-in because things do change every six months. So exactly. And talk about how important our uh, oral hygiene uh, speaks to our overall overall health. Kind of what you're touching on because I know anytime I go to a physical, they they first thing they say is when was the last time I went to the dentist. So how does that correlate? Yeah. Um, well, I think. Uh, I think a big thing is that the mouth may, it may seem like a separate entity, mm -hmm. but it's really the, the start of the digestive tract. Like mm -hmm. it, it's a, it's a gateway really. Yeah. Um, so I, and I, and I think a lot of systemic conditions do have oral manifestations. Yeah. Um, so whether that's um, ulcerations or um, sores or um, different colors like um, so a lot of those can be detected from the mouth mm. um, and uh, I'm sorry there's one other thing I wanted to add there nope it will come back to me <laughs> you'll come back oh no I know it's important and people don't you don't always think about your overall health as it relates to your your oral uh, hygiene. Uh, so let's talk about your practice. So okay. what can we expect the first time being a patient there visiting and, you know, what kind of care can we receive? Yeah. So um, when you walk in, you're greeted by Tiffany at the front desk. <laughs> and then um, and then you'll see any, any one of us, really, um, depending on kind of what you what you want to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big thing of what we um, try to do is really understand where you're coming from, your dental background, your dental history, um, and then how you want to move forward mm -hmm. and what your goals are and how we can help you achieve them. What are some of the goals that you see that your patients, that they want to achieve? Yeah, so so some of them want um, some of them want a healthy smile, yeah. and and we say, well, what does that mean to you? Um, and for some patients, it's it's having all of their teeth when they're fifty because their parent didn't have their yeah. teeth when they were fifty. Mm -hmm. um, it can mean it can mean a brighter smile. Um, it can it can mean I don't want my gums to bleed when I'm brushing. Right. Yeah. Um, 
What it it can mean? Do you see this little chip here? I, I don't like this. Or do yeah. you see this space between my two front teeth? I don't like mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it looks different to, to everybody, but it's just, yeah. and I think also part of it is asking the right questions to, to get the, the answers that you want. And also to, to be on the same, you're on the same, we're on the same team. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And one thing, if, you know, if I didn't start going back to uh, the dentist regularly, um years ago i would have never known that my teeth would have been you know i get them straight and they shave them so they would all be you know just a lot of work that went into it that i wouldn't even had thought about you know or, or thought i could achieve but as i was going off and they would ask me well do you we can do this do you want to get this done um now tell us about laughing gas i've had laughing gas one time but it was when I was in high school, I was giving my, I was having oral surgery and my wisdom teeth full. And I tell you, I don't remember anything. I remember when it was over, uh, I asked my mom, had they, did they do it yet? <laughs> tell us about that. And there are, are there some risks? Because I, I noticed that some people, when they get oral surgery now, they don't, they're not giving life and gas. So tell us about that, all that. Yeah. So, so laughing gas is, um, the, the, medical term i guess it is nitrous oxide mm -hmm. and um oh i feel like if chica is listening here he's heard me say this so many times <laughs> so <laughs> we're we're big proponents of nitrous um okay. or laughing gas and what it is is it's it's a little nose piece uh that, that sits on your nose and kind of runs the gas through there okay um, and the great thing about it is that you're you you're just like you walked in, you have your procedure, use the nitrous, and then at the end, we get rid of that, flush you with oxygen, so you're the same way as when you, you came in. Um, and the way I like to describe it is, um, is because everybody feels it a little bit differently. Yeah. I like to use the word desensitize. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. So some people feel like they've had a glass of wine. Some people feel like they're wearing a weighted blanket. Right. Um, other people feel tingly in their arms and legs. Um, and I know when I use it, I, it just kind of my shoulders that are under my ears, it just kind of. Exactly. Awesome. Relaxed. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so I, I can't speak to all um, oral surgeons or for, for wisdom teeth. Um, I know, I know some surgeons like to use, um, some general anesthesia. Mm -hmm. So you're, you're really sleeping. The nitrous doesn't really do that. Um, okay. or, or even some, um, IV sedation. So they have some different, um, options. Uh, but we really, we like to use it for, anything really in our practice cleanings um yeah wow wow yeah it's some powerful stuff for sure <laughs> yeah yeah now I'll, I, just, I like sorry. to tell patients like we don't have to white knuckle through this mm -hmm. so. yeah. what do you feel about um uh teeth whitening uh and what are some of the b best practices for that you know a lot of us want we, we you know we get these dental strips and you know all that what what do you what are your 
what would you consider to be some of the best uh, practices? So um, I think there's there's a, a couple of misconceptions about whitening. Mm -hmm. um, just because they, there is a percentage of the population that doesn't whiten well. Right. Um, it just, they, they don't. Um, so I think it's always um, a little bit tricky. Mm -hmm. and, and also whitening, um, you, you, you like brighten the teeth that you have. You, not everybody gets like these toilet bowl white teeth. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think sometimes the, meeting expectations and I like, yeah, meeting expectations can be tricky sometimes, but I, honestly, I think one of the best things for brightening teeth is getting your teeth clean. Yeah. 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 Um, but it, it, if you are somebody that, that does want to whiten or, or talk to um, your dentist about whitening, I think it's a great conversation to have. And am I a good candidate for whitening? Mm -hmm. And then I also think, um, I mean, you can always do the over-the-counter, not a problem. Um, but I think with the, in the dental office, it's a little more controlled. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think your gums are more comfortable when it's done in, in the office. Um, I also think the product is usually a little higher quality. Mm. Um, and then also I think one of the biggest things is sensitivity. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I know we have some sensitivity protocol to diminish some of that. Um, so yeah, those mm -hmm. are a couple of thoughts I have. <laughs> okay. Well, appreciate that. And I know we talked about, you know, coming to the dentist regularly. Uh, would you say there's a high percentage of people who only come when something's wrong? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> And we'll do, yeah. But I also think that I think that's uh, life, right? Mm -hmm. I think most people only go to the, some people only go to the doctor when something is wrong. Yeah. Some people go to the dermatologist when they have a pimple. Like mm -hmm. I, I think that's uh, yeah. Yeah. And what would you say to those people? What? How do we encourage people to go regularly? To go so they're not having these issues, you know? Because going regularly prevents a lot of times some of the issues that happen down the road correct 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 yeah um and i think that's a that's a great question and if anybody else knows an answer for that i would love <laughs> to hear it <laughs> but um i think when when people do um when people come they have an issue and we fix the issue i i like to say are you interested in preventing this from happening again? Mm -hmm. And then, and then if they say no, all right, yeah, okay, well, I'll be here next time. Right. <laughs> um, and if they say yes, then I, then I, they, they're asking for a solution, so then mm -hmm. I can offer one. Um, so that's usually how my transition of do right. you want to prevent this? Great, let's we can do this together. Mm -hmm. um, but if they're okay, just coming, I think also if I get it, like I, I it's hard, I just want to be, I want to be there for them. I'm not attached to if they, um, want to be preventative or not. Right. 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 So I've become a master flosser, uh, 
over the years and I didn't realize I was doing it wrong. Uh, <laughs> okay, you got to tell me more. Because they would say, do you floss? I'm like, yeah, I floss twice a day. And they were like, are you sure? <laughs> yes. And so they, they actually gave me a tutorial on how to floss correctly, make sure I'm, you know. And, and so once I listened and started doing it, when I go to my appointments, like, oh, you're doing a great job. You know, there's no plaque buildup underneath your teeth and things like that. Um, and I think that just goes, speaks to a, a good dentist, you know, taking the time to really show you. Because a lot of people think we know we're doing, we're flossing, and then showing you effective ways to floss. Well, um, hold on. You got you to gotta show me this, this initial way of how you floss. I think before I was just kind of going between each tooth. You know what yeah. I mean? But instead of dragging it out and kind of going from gum to gum. Yeah. Make sure you get all the uh, particle and, and, and also use a, a water pick now too. Oh, we do love a water pick. Yeah. yeah. So I floss and do a water pick. Um, so I, I, I just don't want to go through that torture. It's been years, but I, I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it and I don't want to yeah. go through that again. Now talk about um, diversity in the dentistry field. Um, is it getting better? Is it an issue? What are your thoughts? Yeah, so um, I think I think it's a work in progress, just okay. like ev everywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, but I I do think um, something that's important to me is making the community more diverse. And yeah. I think dentists in general, at least the ones that I've have, I've experienced are very welcoming. They're willing to share their knowledge. Um, and there's a lot of room for everybody. Yeah. Um, so, and I think it starts, I think a big, well, looking at how I got into the dental field, a big part is exposure. Exactly. Um, yeah. And just knowing it's there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so what, uh, I guess I'll, if, if you don't mind, I'll do a little plug for um, this group called, in, based in Camden called Rising Leaders Global. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of them before. Mm -mm. Um, but uh, so what we, what we do is we um, work with youth in Camden and try to expose them to different career opportunities. Mm. And so, um, we we had a little like dental day last year okay. um where the kids come and then we do um we do different activities that we do every day at the okay. dental office so it, it was fun for them to see like oh oh i'm good at this i could do this or like mm -hmm. and then also i i think it's cool to see like you know if school isn't for you you know you you don't have to you don't have to go to dental school for four years. You can do a program for six months and then become part of a practice and okay. really contribute. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that's what, something that I've been, um, we've been working on is just trying to be a place for the community to expose um, the youth to. Exactly. Yeah, I used to work with the youth years ago and it, that exposure piece, it just shows you things, oh, I could be a dentist or I could, mm -hmm. you know. So yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Is there anything you else you really want us to know about this uh, field? I think it's important because again, people don't always, you know, attribute their health to their oral health, and um, who does not want to have nice looking teeth? So, <laughs> anything else you want us to know? Um, our oral health. 
Well, actually, so I did think about what I what okay. missed, missed me earlier. Uh-huh. Um, I think something that's that's really cool to think about is that your your mouth is really the only place you can control inflammation mm. by doing something. Mm. I think arthritis in the joints, like you really can't control yeah. the inflammation there, but your gum tissue. Um, by coming to the dentist, water pick floss, like that's, that's somewhere that you, you can make a difference. Mm-hmm. It was interesting. I, uh, after I started um, getting my mouth together, <laughs> I had gone to go visit my sister and she said, we were talking, did you do something to your, did you do something to your teeth? <laughs> and I, and I had forgotten cause it'd been a, you know, a while, but it was just like, yeah, it's always a good a compliment when you get a, something about your teeth or you, you know it yeah. is yeah and it's awesome she noticed too right exactly yeah exactly so then i i have a question for you do you so i i get a lot of dental talk because of what i do but do you and your friends talk about your dental care or dentistry at all Initially, when I uh, started making the changes and I started getting, when I was going through the Invisaligns, actually had some friends who they got Invisaligns as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, but now it's been a while since my teeth, you know, they've been kind of consistent. And so, but yeah, initially, yeah, people would ask. They would ask because, you know, it was, it was even so, I didn't realize how much it affected me prior because I noticed I wouldn't smile with my teeth, you know, smile with my mouth open. I'd always cover my teeth because I knew I had that gap there. And um, and now, <laughs> to cheese. <laughs> <laughs> but it does give you a confidence boost, you know, when you have that, when you have a, a nice smile or your nice teeth, you know. Um, so, yeah. I, I agree. I even had a patient today that um, we were doing some work with his front teeth. And... He said, you know, I'm, I'm not a big, I'm not like, I don't really show my front teeth a lot when I talk or when I smile or anything like that. And he may not, but from <laughs> when I first met him to all uh-huh. the work we've done, that lip has slowly creeped up. I bet up. it is. Yeah. I bet it is. I had a friend who was missing a tooth here mm-hmm. um, in the corner. And when he would laugh, he'd always laugh like this, you know, covering up his mouth. And he got it fixed. And now that hand is gone. <laughs> hand is gone. <laughs> and, and I think also it's cool to see just when I, I don't always think you realize how much confidence you mm-hmm. gain from your smile. Absolutely. 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 I know it definitely helped me. <laughs> Where is the best way people can uh, learn more about your practice or keep in touch with what you have going on? Is there social media website i saw your website for the practice but what what's the best way yeah i think the website is great um and then we also we do have a facebook page um which i know is uh, i think we update that kind of weekly with with different thoughts different um articles for um heart health gum tissue stuff like that yeah yeah listen i want to take thank you so much for taking time out your schedule and joining us uh, there was a question I wanted to ask because I was doing um, research for this interview. They were saying how a lot of um, w- one of the benefits of being a dentist is you kind of can make your own schedule. 
Uh, is it, do you find it to be true? I do. Yeah. I, uh, and that's, I think that's one of the things that I really enjoy about yeah. dentistry. Um, and you know, you can set your own hours, mm -hmm. um, and then you can also make the day what you want it to be. The mm -hmm. procedures you like, you can do a lot of. The procedures you don't like, you can refer to your friend down the street. Right. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so I, I really think you can make it what you want. Um, mm. And I, I think it just has, it has a lot for to offer for anybody. Um, a lot of science, a lot of art, um, a lot of patient interaction. Yeah. Um, so it comes a community too, I would say, because I see a lot of people going there and they, I've been going here for years, you know, when yeah. they go to this. Well, listen, I want to thank you again for joining us tonight. Uh, there will be a link in the bio of this video where you can learn more. And thanks again. I think this is a very important conversation. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Stephen. I appreciate your time too. Thank you. And we'll be right back after this. Just let it go to live in the past, girl. I know it wasn't right.
trying not to give your heart to the wrong one. I just want to make you happy. I just want us to be happy. Cause all I want to do is make you happy, girl. Just want to make you happy, girl. Just let it go, but live in the past, girl. Make you happy. Cause all I want to do is make you happy, girl. Just want to make you happy, girl. Just want to put us on your face, girl. to Stephen A's show. Adam, you're back. How was the vacation? Oh, it was great, Stephen. Uh, you know, plenty of sun, plenty of good food, plenty of beach time, even went out into the jungle, even had some iguanas tossed on me. You know, uh-huh. it, it was it was what everyone looks for in a vacation uh, in Belize. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sad to be back. 
Yeah, I saw the pictures. I need to go on your Instagram and check out those pictures. I mean, you like a great time. And you were gone two weeks? Uh, ten days. So ten not days. quite two weeks, but uh, it was, were, yeah. Were, were you ready to get back, or were you like, well, I could be out here longer? No, we were definitely, uh, we, we, our last place was like a little, uh, you know, house on the beach, basically with its own little pool and every day, you know, we woke up the last day and we're like, ah, you know, maybe one more day, maybe a couple more days. It's, <laughs> it's uh, you know, not that I ever want to have COVID, but uh, we have to take a test before you leave. And mm. you're like, well, if, if it comes back positive, 10 more days on the beach isn't the right. worst thing. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, it was, it was tough coming back. Mm-hmm. So right, Belize, welcome. One of the I'm sorry, Stephen. Belize has one of the best coral reefs in the whole entire planet. If you ever get an opportunity to snorkel it or do deep diving, check it out. We'll yeah. do. We'll do. All right. Well, let y'all take it away with movie reviews. Sure thing. So I saw the movie of the moment and possibly the the superhero movie of the year, I think, uh, actually of the past couple of years, The Batman. Um, so for anyone unfamiliar, this is kind of a, a reboot to the Batman series. Robert Pattinson plays the uh, the main role. He plays Bruce Wayne in Batman. And this is a more darker, grittier uh, Batman than I think we've ever seen. And the director Matt Reeves, who is known for um, a lot of movies, the one with the uh, camera, and now, of course, you know, as soon as I say Cloverfield, he did Cloverfield, he did Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, War of Planet of the Apes. He decided to do a different Batman that kind of pulls in from, if anyone's familiar with the comic series, the year one Batman, the year two, the long Halloween. And in this version of Batman, there is a mystery killer called the Riddler that is going through Gotham and killing uh, certain people and Batman has to hunt him down and try to figure out why he's doing what he's doing as well as trying to stop him. Um, And this movie, I think I describe it best as a season of true detective with Batman as the detective. Uh, I mean, that's really what it is. It's it's really, if if for anyone who doesn't like superhero movies, this movie is a perfect movie for you. If you like crime thrillers, if you like the movie Seven, anything like that, you're really getting more of that detective aspect. And then you have your superheroes. And even the the silly superheroes, like the Riddler is more grounded. Uh, We have the Penguin. We have Catwoman. We have a lot of characters that are more grounded in this uh, Gotham City than we've seen in previous iterations of the Batman. Um, so, and I'm sure Chica, you saw it, so you can you can add to it. But overall, I thought it was great. Uh, a little long, you know, it's almost three hours long. I think they could have shaved probably like 15 minutes off of it uh, and still had the same effect. But highly recommend. This is, uh, you know. We, I don't think we can ever get enough of Batman movies. Lego Batman has shown us this. Uh, so as long as they're good, let's just keep them coming. Yeah, so I got exactly what you felt because I said that in the middle of watching it. I was like, this is <laughs> not a Batman movie. This is a detective movie. This mm-hmm. is a detective film. And although Batman is known as the detective, he is a detective. However, um, I signed up for a Batman movie. I wanted to <laughs> And I'm sorry if I got to be the, 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 the wet noodle here, but uh, I saw 
a vampire in Batman's clothing on the mm-hmm. screen. And I saw, even though it's supposed to be earlier on in Batman's career, I saw someone who wanted to be Batman, not necessarily Batman. Um, I don't, I'm not buying um, Mr. Pattinson as, as Batman. I'm not buying it. Interesting. Uh, it, w- it was a little, even, even though, even in the, the, the Christian Bale, the, the Dark Knight series, even in that, that, that trilogy of films, um, there was some light coming in at some point in time in that movie, even though that was a dark shot movie and it mm-hmm. was dark, there were some moments of light in that movie. This whole movie was dark, like it was shot underground in a cave. Like it rained every day. Yep. It was green every day. He had soot around his eyes every day. Um, his hair was always bedheaded every day. I think they did more for Robert's image as opposed to the character in which he was supposed to play. I didn't see Bruce Wayne in there at all. There was no Bruce Wayne at all in there to me. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's interesting, right? He So we don't really see much of Bruce Wayne in this movie. It's mostly Batman. Uh, and so, yeah, you're right. There's a very interesting aspect. This is probably the least Bruce Wayne Batman uh, Pattinson is. As opposed to you know Christian Bale, even Ben Laugh, like he did that. He did Bruce Wayne right, right? Like he played that that rich guy that uh, kind of gallivants about town. This is definitely you're right. It, it's not the Bruce Wayne that we're used to. No, it's not. And I'm factoring in how they would move forward, especially now having the Justice League established. How does he, this particular Batman, this particular actor playing this character, how does he fit into that universe? Because I don't see him apart. I don't mm-hmm. see him part of that. The, the, the pH balance would be off. <laughs> well, so, and, and supposedly they're, they're going to do more of a Batman universe, like a mini Batman cinematic kind of universe or a Batman-verse, I think was what I've heard HBO was going to look into or Warner Brothers is they're going to kind of expand that world instead of putting him in that DCU kind of world. Well, if they do that, then they can keep Robert for that particular Batman and keep him over there. Not (laughs) in conjunction with everything. Keep him over there. But I put something up in my stories and it was a joke, but I'm being very serious. Uh, Warner Brothers, why don't you look at Adam Driver as being Batman? I think that he's very qualified to play Bruce Wayne and Batman and pull it off. You know what's interesting though? I, I, I don't know how much this affects, but I, I, I've heard when DC is casting for their superhero movies, they try to avoid actors who have played in Marvel movies. Uh, for the obvious reasons for the confusion they might also just because it's a disney property they might also try to shy away from picking star wars actors i don't know if that would be a case but that might be uh, part of the reasoning why they're they're kind of shying away from that i'm telling you adam driver would be the ticket keanu reed probably could do a good batman too but he's like saturated right now you can't he has, he has too much going on and he's but too old we need Look a young Batman. Batman. Well, I mean, moving forward, Batman is going to have to have age on him where his story left off because by the time the Justice League comes around, Bruce Wayne is aged. Like, he's not the young man that he used to be. That's why he needs friends, because he needs help. Yeah. So, I don't know. Just something to think about, Warner Brothers. 
Think about it. <laughs> I like Pattinson. I, I thought he did a good job. He did the the brooding. That I didn't enjoy the movie. I enjoyed the movie. It was a good time out. It's my first time being back in the theater. It was okay. Mm-hmm. It was good. Um, but the the little kid inside of me, the one that loves comic books and you know was enthralled with Batman, I was he wasn't happy mm-hmm. about Robert being. Yeah, Batman. it's the least comic booky of the Batman yes. movies. I agree, but cinematography was off the hook some of those shots and 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 some of those shots i I think that they forgave some of the movie just to get some of those shots like Mm -hmm. i think some of the movie was just about the shots which were beautiful i agree i agree setting it up and playing the nirvana song and some of the scene and you Mm -hmm. know you know what they were trying to do and they lingered and that's why i said they could shave 15 minutes they could have sped up some of these scenes but i I get it for the artistic element the the way they framed everything you're right they lingered on those in a sense to give you the scale of it uh and yeah you're like you said it was well done and and one more thing i want to add and i don't know if anyone else has paid attention i was discussing it with one of my friends yesterday um it's just, this is my opinion. Mr. Pattinson, you might want to take some classes of uh, self-defense to learn how to fight a little bit better. I am used to seeing full fight scenes. I don't want cuts and edits to make it look like you know what you're doing. I need for you to take six months and go learn the craft and then portray it on screen so you look like you're actually the Batman and that you're actually fighting. Those fight scenes for it to be a Batman movie was trash to me. When you have movies like Born Identity, you have John Wick, you have all these other films where the fight scenes take fighting to another level and you are a superhero. You are supposed to kick butt royally. And I didn't get that in this film. There was some decent fight scenes, but it wasn't, you know, we've become elevated with fight scenes by this point. Well, well, uh, in defense, it might have not been Patterson's decision. It might have been the director that said, I wanted the fight scenes to look like these. Uh, so so blame i'm just saying maybe blame the director because that might have been the decision i i did but i will say this and it's not really much of a spoiler but i did like that you did see batman not be perfect right when he was like going off the building and he tumbles and falls off and that might be part of why the fight scenes are like they were this is still a batman that's learning how to be who he will become so I was being that person in the theater that was kind of talking and the, the crowd, you know, the, the room was laughing at me, you know, in those scenes where he would like trip and fall, I'd be like, oh, that's not bad. And, and uh, everyone was laughing. And then when he, if you notice, there was a point in time where he kind of had it together. And I was like, oh, now that's Batman. Now that's yeah. what I'm talking about. So I do like the fact that him not being a perfect was part of the story. But they should have really played that. They tried to make it subtle, but they really should have played that more because it was more like year one. In year one, Batman had some issues. He, he didn't quite have it together. He was still working it out. And you can kind of tell about his, his equipment. He didn't have all the stuff that Batman normally has. And that, that, that what was it? The, the, uh, the uh, what's it called? The Batmobile? Oh, that was raggedy. Oh, I loved it. I thought it was like a true... It, well, it was better than the tank from the, the Nolan ones, right? I uh, love that. The Grambler, I love that the was that was a little bit too uh, over the top, right? That was again, and I know the Nolan ones have that comic booky element, but yeah. that was uh, it was interesting to see a Batman who built like it looks like he actually built this car, yeah. right? Yeah. And he put it together, and it was kind of intimidating in that sense. 
Yeah. But True. also, no, you know, negative points for you for uh, talking during movies. Oh, yeah. I was the entertainment. They weren't entertained by Batman. No, no. We paid money to be entertained by a movie, not by the crowd, not by the audience. We didn't pay. They they weren't entertained. These were DC hardcore. They were not entertained. How do you know how they felt? Because they took time to laugh at my jokes. Yeah, well, I'm glad I don't watch movies with you then. (laughs) And and, and not to hurt Warner Brothers' feelings, but the theater wasn't that crowded anyway, I'm sorry to say. Uh, well, it was number one movie. I don't think we'll have to. I, th- I mean, they're already talking about sequels, so I think uh, this one's this one's got some good staying power. But we'll see. Okay, Zoe Kravitz, A plus. You looked great. You acted great. I enjoyed it. Colin Farrell was unrecognizable. Very unrecognizable. That was wild. Did really well, and I do like uh, the imagery of the characters because they weren't so spot on. Mm-hmm. no you you had to figure it out yep exactly like yeah you weren't again you weren't getting that comic book outfit that you would right. see in the characters you really had to piece it together right right is that all you saw yep that's all i had a chance to see okay so there's a new show on peacock called joe versus carol and this is after uh the tiger king documentary I advise if anyone has not seen the Tiger King documentary, please watch that. It is a true story based on real events. The real people are actually in the documentary and they've created a mini series starring uh, John Cameron and Kate McKinnon. She's from Saturday Night Live. (laughs) This show is hilarious, but it only works if you saw the documentary. You have to watch the documentary before you watch this show. Do you have to or, see season two as well, or just season one? Just season one. Just okay. All you need to do is see the original movie, and then you can watch the series, and you'll get all the points that they're touching on. Because other than that, it's just a story, and it's a crazy story, but you won't get the jokes about the documentary. You have to watch it. Check it out. I, I find it hilarious. I started it. Would you say you started to watch it? I started, yeah. I watched the first episode, I think. It was funny. Yeah. And the last movie I saw, it's it's an indie film. It's a little weird. And to be honest, I only watched it because of the title. And and then I read the, you know, the overview. Then I, I wanted to watch it. The title is called My Heart Can't Beat Unless You Tell It To. So that's kind of long for a title for a movie. I, I get drawn to things like that because it's a little weird to me. And it it's basically uh, um, an indie film, and it's a psychological thriller about a vampire. There's three siblings, uh, an older brother and sister. They're taking care of their younger brother. Their younger brother happens to be a vampire, but it's not like jump out, fans, bite your neck kind of vampire. He's just like at home with some type of anemia, and he needs to be fed blood. So the brother and sister are murderers. They're just out here in the world killing homeless people because no one misses homeless people to feed their brother. And they had been doing this for quite some time. And uh, things get a little out of hand when the sister uses someone that the brother knows outside of the home that she doesn't know that he knows as food for their younger brother. And then things start to spiral out of control. 
Um, if you have an opportunity to check this indie film out, I think it's playing on, I think that's playing on Peacock as well. Um, film was made in 2020, it's old, I just happened upon it, but it's, it's a pretty good psychological thriller, not like in your face horror, but horror in a way of people could really be out here doing some murder stuff like this. It's, it's really interesting. So check it out. Um, that's all I have. Oh, and Stephen, did I tell you I fell in love with Yellowstone, Kevin Costner? Did I tell you that last week? Mm -mm. I'm watching Yellowstone on the advice of um, Real Time with Bill Maher, Bill Maher from HBO. He put it out there that this is a good show, so I started watching it because I like Bill Maher. And wow, like, wow. It's, it's a lot of drama going on. Uh, killing and sex and laundering money and murder and gangsters and yeah, I heard it's like a soap opera set in Montana. Yeah, so good. You got to appreciate Kevin Costner, what he brings to the table. Um, yeah, definitely check that out. Yellowstone is that show right now for me. Nice. Well, I watched Love is Blind. Um, the new season? I watched the new season. It was good. Um, two couples stayed married or got married and they're they actually had it last Friday. They had the reunion um, show. So I guess they probably taped it all last year, but they, you know, they wanted to see, you know, catch up and see how the couple's doing. They're still married. Um, and they really fell in love. They really fell in love. One of the characters, was, there was this um, Indian couple on there. Both of them had never dated another Indian um, person. And so they thought maybe it was because they were trying to fit in because they went to predominantly white schools. So they always like, he always dated um, blondes, you know, and he, and he, she always did tall white guys, blondes or whatever. And so they connected and they decided to get engaged. You know, the premise of the show is that they're locked in pods. They can't see each other. They only communicate uh, through, you know, through speaker in a room. And then um, after set period of time if they if they connect with someone you propose and and so when you propose they send you to mexico and um and then you're engaged for four weeks i believe it's four weeks and then you determine if you really want to get married at the end and so this one couple i just knew they were going to get together but they didn't but anyway so the indian couple so um he he struggled and i didn't really i saw on twitter they were um you know, bash him on Twitter because he he didn't he wasn't hugely attracted to the girl when he met her. He thinks she's awesome. He said he fell in love with her, but he just wasn't that sexual camera. He said, "If I feel like this is a family member," you know what I mean. And he even had the conversation with his with um, his mom about it because you know they meet the families and things like that. And so um, and so she is real confident because she lost seventy pounds and. You know, she really feels good in her own skin. Well, anyway, so they get to the, you find out if you're getting married when you're at the altar. You have to, you know, you holding hands and then they say, is love blind? And if it, if it is, then they get married if not. And she didn't marry him. She said, I once wanted to be sure that they're attracted to me and whatever. Right. Well, at the reunion show, you know, they get time to sit back and watch everything. He came off very aggressive and it backfired. The whole cast was on her side. 
the whole cat, they did not like the way they said, this girl is awesome. She's gorgeous. You know, it's one thing if you don't, if you're not attracted to her, but don't go around telling everybody you're not attracted to her. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She's such an awesome person. I mean, when I tell you, they all, the guys and the girls, they all had her back. Um, and you can see, I think he was just, he thought he was coming to like a Atlanta Housewives reunion where they're being messy and they weren't being messy. You know what I mean? They were just addressing what happened. And he was like, let's get into it. And they're like, uh, no, even the host, Nick Lachey and his wife, uh, they're the host. They, she cussed them out. <laughs> they were, but it, but it was really good. Um, so I watched that. Then Bel Air. What can I say about Bel Air? That is just a great, great I, show. I did start watching that. I did start watching that. Was it? Is it any good? It, the trailers look really bad, very, but it is very good. And the thing is, um, I didn't think it would be that good. You know what I mean? And I didn't have Peacock, and then I found out that it's free initially. But they ran game, got that four ninety nine. But uh, <laughs> but but it's really really good. It's really really good. Um, the character's more down to earth. Um, yeah, and it, and it's, it's more it's more dramatic. It doesn't have the jokes and stuff. Very, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I want my jokes. And then, I mean, there's still some jokes in there, but you know, it's just okay. not, a, it's not like a comedy. Um, Candy and the Gang, that's a new show by Candy Burris, Atlanta Housewives. She has her um, show surrendered, uh, centered around her her restaurant, Old Lady Gang, and they have like a lot of cast on there. Um, it's pretty good. I watched it today. It came out yesterday, but pretty good. And then I want to tell you about this one story. I, I like watching 2020, but you got to be mentally prepared. So this couple they grew up in this um you know religious environment um they had three kids i think one was autistic and so um the dad was really into music um he didn't work he didn't he didn't keep a job she was a nurse she was the breadwinner but he had this band that he was singing and they were together for a long time he ended up dying and they think it's mysterious that he died and then after that, the son, they, she moved to another house and then the son dies. And then a few months later, her daughter is hospitalized near death. Turns out this woman was um, poisoning them. She was giving them um, antifreeze what? and mixing it in Coca-Cola. Poor Kay, why? For what? Why? That's what they will figure out. She says there's more to it. She's trying to say that he had a drug problem. He was an alcoholic, but no one believes that. No one believes that um, even when he died, his autopsy didn't have any kind of anything in his system. Um, and what did then, she, the alcoholism or, and drug addiction killed him? Well, she was trying to say that she was doing it because he was abusive at home, but no one believes that. Because everyone knows him, really, really liked him. And um, and then her story changed. Then she tried to say that um, she came up with all these different conspiracies, but she never answered the question. And so now she's, oh, then it turns out the youngest daughter was in on it. Mm. She was in on it. And so um, the, the daughter that did get um, poisoned, she is better, but she has life-altering you know, side effects because she'd been poisoned for so long. And um, and so the mom and the youngest daughter are in jail. The youngest daughter, she's doing 40 years, then she can face um, so um, up for parole and the mom's doing life. But um, the woman from uh, uh, 2020 went and interviewed her 
and just was confused because the woman, she, she was, I'm very soft-spoken. It, it was like she convinced herself that she was in the right here. Like she believes it, you know what I mean? Um, Cause they had different therapists that were, you know, watching the interviews and whatnot. It was very weird. I said, now she was poisoned to her own family. Even her children out of all, you know what I mean? That's wild. That's why I don't watch 2020. I know. There's a lot of good TV. A lot of shows have, um, are are in their um, season finale. I already had the season finales and whatnot, but a lot of good stuff out there. Nice. And they come down the pipeline. I know the Batman uh, Uh, was the big uh, thing. So, no, you know, I'm going to still try to catch up on Oscar movies. Uh, both Drive My Car, the foreign film that got nominated, and West Side Story are now available on streaming. So if you have Disney Plus or HBO, you can watch those. So I think I'll give them a shot. I, I wasn't planning to watch either of them, but since they're up for Best Picture, I want to see what, what they got. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's that's it for me. Have you heard anything about this film, The Worst Person in the World? The Worst Person in the World. Now, is it a new one? Yeah, and and it's getting all these rave reviews. I think I want to check that out. The worst person in the world. <laughs> oh, this is this person. is Stephen Daly. Yeah, he loves this kind of show. <laughs> it must be a bad person. You know, I go for those kind of titles. This is a weird title. I like that. Uh, oh yeah, no, I haven't heard of this, but it looks interesting. Not the worst person in the world. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, check that one out. Well, guys, as always, thank you for letting us know what to spend our time and our money on and whatnot. It's good, Chica. You got to go back in the theater, finally. Yeah, finally. Yeah, yeah. All right, we'll be right back after this. Thanks. Yeah. Text you late night when you laying down. Phone start ringing, you don't hear a sound. I've been working all day. Know you working all night. I hope it's not too late. Yeah. I'ma call you anyway, hoping that you still wait. Yeah. I've been thinking about you every day. Text you late night when you laying down. Phone start ringing, you don't hear a sound. I've been working all day. Know you working all night. I hope it's not too late. Yeah. But I'ma call you anyway, hoping that you're still awake yeah. I've been thinking about you every day Yeah, yeah, yeah Too late, too late Baby, am I too late? Yeah, baby, am I too late? Baby, am I too late? Am I too late? To touch you on your very place. Very place. Baby, am I too late? Can we pick another day? Can we pick another night? Ain't me on a Tuesday. Too late. Every part of your body is like a premonition. Give me chills and goosebumps. You beauty killer, I tell her to do some. Yeah. Attraction for me is beyond sex. 
Whole nother level for me, it's beyond next And if I'm being honest, expression affection just feels odd You call me pet names, the pumpkin, the cutie pie But this hot girl summer got me more icy I can't trust no one, it's not likely No, it's not likely Yeah, but I'm trying, yeah, I'm trying Beautiful for my soul Let's lose our minds and our clothes It's hard to fuck with these hoes Cause no one knows what you know Out of body experience Love your mind and your body is serious Can't even say I love you back But I got your back My heart is cracked So hard for me to act on it I gave this bitch my heart Before she turn her back on it XX heart eat it She gonna snack on it Girl turn around And let a nigga smack on it Girl saying in here the past They smoking that crack Cause my shorty get passenger And she gon' ride like a drive-by No mask I'm trying to fuck till you cry off your mascara I want your beauty and your beast I want the whole thing, every single last piece I don't wanna keep you home, but I don't want you to sleep alone I don't wanna eat alone when I bring a friend along Text you late night when you laying down Phone start ringing, you don't hear a sound I've been working all day I know you working all night I hope it's not too late yeah. I'ma call you anyway, hoping that you're still awake. Yeah, I've been thinking about you every day. Text you late night when you laying down. Phone start ringing, you don't hear a sound. I've been working all day. I know you're working all night. I hope it's not too late. Yeah, but I'ma call you anyway, hoping that you're still awake. Yeah. I've been thinking about you every day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Too late, too late. Baby, am I too late? Yeah. Baby, am I too late? Yeah, yeah. What's up, y'all? Crystal Kimbrough here, managing attorney, advocate, and entrepreneur, and I'm here at the Stephen Knight Show. Welcome back to the Stephen Knight Show. Now it's time to highlight our Black-owned business. Since I talked about Candy and the Gang, the new show on Bravo, Candy Burst, I want to highlight OLG, which is Old Lady Gang, their restaurant. Uh, Now, it was conceptualized in 2016 when husband and wife team, New York, uh, city native Ty Tucker and Atlanta, Georgia native Katie Barris Tucker had the great idea of sharing some of the delicious down home Southern uh, recipes that Candy was raised on as a child and has come to love as an adult with the public. Although Candy may credit herself for mastering some of the traditional family recipes, she gives credit where credit is due to her mother, Joyce Jones, Aunts Bertha Jones, and Nora Wilcox affectionately known as OA to Gang for teaching her a few things in the kitchen. But definitely check out this place. I have not been yet here in Atlanta, but I definitely plan on going, especially watching the show. The food looks so good. Listen, I want to thank our guests for joining us tonight, Hannah Cut, and make sure I get her name right, Dr. Gabriel Sapezia for joining us. Thank you at home. Have a great week, and we'll see you next Monday.
Bye bye. Good night. Get there.